Delia IOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. What the soap? WTS and Company in Prattsville for soaps and lotions made on site, locally handcrafted candles, pottery, jewelry, art, and gifts, and a hand-picked selection of books on homesteading, nature, and local history. WTS and Company in the Prattsville Plaza and online at whatthesoap.com. O'Connell and Aronowitz, attorneys at law since 1925. For legal representation from the routine to the more complex, committed to the fair treatment of all individuals. Family law, wills, trusts, and estate planning, litigation accidents and personal injury, constitutional law, Medicaid planning, elder care, and health law, criminal defense, not-for-profit and entity formation, commercial financing, O'Connell and Aronowitz, Attorneys at Law, 518-462-5601, 518-462-5601, oalaw.com. Hi, I'm Joyce St. George, host of Music Matters, Friday morning from 10 to noon, right here on WIOX Roxbury, community radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM, MTC Cable Channel 20, and WIOXradio.org. Listening to WIOX Community Radio live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM, NTC Cable TV Channel 20 on the campus of SUNY Delhi at 107.5 FM, worldwide at WIOXradio.org, and on any mobile device FM radio app. This is from the forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest related topic with Ryan and Zane. Zane, how's it going? Pretty good, Brian. What have you been up to? Well, last Friday I left, I left work a little early and uh, I took a hike up the Drybrook Ridge. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, got to the top. And uh, a little off the trail, there was a patch of uh, that club moss. Um, and so I walked towards that just to check it out and I ended up flushing a uh, dark-eyed junco out from her nest. His nest, I should say. And he perched on a, a branch and was chirping at me. I didn't know why, and I realized I was standing around uh, a clutch of eggs right below a down log there. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. Oh, he was scolding you. Yeah. It took me a <laughs> minute to put it together. Hmm. No kidding. Yeah, just messing around with the deer hides. That's all I've been doing. Uh, last night, Gary, uh, I was in the stage of taking the deer hides out of the chicken crap. Really? And all's, So it's under my deck is where I have them for that stage. And all I hear upstairs is little guy. He's four years old. Ah, what's that smell? <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, if you haven't been listening in the past, it's just um, take some deer skins and make them into leather. But part of it has me uh, put, that's the worst part of it, is putting it into the chicken crap there. Yeah. You and know. It, it just uh, softens it, right? That, that part of it, um, so you make your tanning out of bark. Right. So instead of putting it from the lime which is uh, hydrated lime, and into the tannin. The chicken crap basically acidifies it before putting it in your acidic solution or tannin. Right. Instead of wasting your tannin. Right. Because even if you rinse it in the stream for a couple days, it won't get all that that, um, lye out. Right, yeah. It still has some in there. Ever since I did that, it makes makes a big big difference. Well, I've seen your skins, and they're absolutely... Baby ass soft and they're I like beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that is. It's cool. It's a lot to learn though uh, with the oiling and stuff. That's been that's another whole. And they're very secretive. These tanning people, you know, they don't. They're not going to tell you their secrets or yeah. anything. You know. What kind of oil have you been using? Ah, uh, oh, damn you, saying you know. Um, I'm gonna. I want to say on air. Neat's foot oil is probably the best for home tanners. Mm-hmm. Because you can't replicate what they do with these drums and stuff and the commercial basis where they soften it, um, you know, throughout. When you're doing it by hand, probably needs foot oil because it penetrates. Yeah. And I'm going to try mink oil this year. I'm going to try pure mink oil. Yeah. Just, I don't know. i got to try something a little different. They both have their advantages and disadvantages, but in any case... Well, they have hemp oil now. Yeah? I don't know if that would work. Maybe. I I know Hop uses that a lot for his bowls and spoons. He puts the the hemp oil on them for a finish. I I just used codfish liver oil. And this guy from Ohio where I sent my leather to be made into vests recommended that. That's what he heard. Yep. It works really well. My belt is made out of it, but... If it doesn't, if you don't get it just right, it'll crack because it doesn't penetrate like needs foot oil. Right. So the really um, thin parts of the hide, or or not even some some parts of the hide, I guess I didn't oil enough, will crack. Yeah. You'll never have that happen with needs foot oil. Mm-hmm. It always penetrates. So I don't know, something to think think yeah. about. You ever try and use motor oil? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> We used to use a lot of that back in the day, but it's frowned on now. But not for tanning. No. This was for, you know, like, uh, outdoor, you know, I built racks for this guy's truck one time, and we put used motor oil on them. We made them out of basswood to be light. Mm. They lasted 45 years. No kidding. And they were still in good shape, but the truck was old, and we got rid of it. And uh, I mean, I still have the racks out by the mill, and, I mean, that 
basswood won't last five years outdoors. Yeah. But you put used motor oil on it. And, huh. uh, I mean, all the forms, when they poured cement for foundations, they, you know, took a roller and they just rolled used motor oil on it. But the yeah. DEC frowns on that. They frown upon, <laughs> frown upon a lot. We're going to talk about their wetlands regulations uh, next month. I guess they've changed quite a bit, but... Uh, we got someone, I think, from either Columbia University to talk about that. Uh-huh. But, um, well, I call them illegal laws. <laughs> what was legal yesterday, I wake up tomorrow morning, and it's not legal anymore. And how they get this stuff through, I don't know. But yeah. I'm not going to say I have so much to say about it. But I'm gonna, we're, yeah. gonna, we're talking about happy stuff tonight. We're talking about flowering Flowering stuff. trees. That's right. And, and uh, every third Wednesday, we have Mr. Mead, Mr. Gary Mead, come on, talk about a different tree. Uh, but tonight, we're going to be talking about flowering trees. Now, every tree flowers, unless they're, unless they're what, what, Zane? Gymnosperm, or <laughs> softwood, pines, spruces, firs. So... I wanted These to wrestle trees. this guy before the show. He's pissed at you right now for, for even saying that. I think. No, but Don't get smart with me, he said, he before said, uh, the every, show. Every tree has a flower, and I kind of stopped and thought for a minute, is that true? And I don't, I don't think so. Well, in Gary's world, it's absolutely true. And Every broadleaf tree, we'll just say. You're not going to change that right? in, in my world. So anyway, because, you know, the pines and the spruces, they have a... A flower. No, they don't. Well, <laughs> I think it's a flower. That's what he just said. I know. I know what he just said. I, I could be wrong. I'm always. That's but a but that's a, but that but, colorful little thing that comes out. Yeah. Is it's beautiful and you know right yeah. you know now the because uh, what most people don't realize is all the hardwoods especially they all flower and they make the first thing before the leaf comes on they flower to make the seed and you know when the when the mountains turn you know purple and red in the spring that's all the uh you know the the the, uh, the seeds that are forming red, before. red maple man yeah oh it's beautiful and you know i um, red hubble uh, put a, a picture of a a hard maple flower on Facebook, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. And, I mean, you look at them up close, and, and they're so beautiful. They're a flower. And, uh, you know, my first company, I changed the name for legal reasons. I really didn't want to, but <clears throat> lawyers and accountants and blah, blah. So <laughs> I, I, I dissolved Fruitful Furnishings, and now I call it uh, Gary Mead Gallery LLC. But Fruitful Furnishings came to me in 1979 when I was just sitting around thinking that every tree has a fruit. Uh, yeah. You can't disagree yeah, no. with that, Zane. No, you no can eat pine there. cones. It's <laughs> a fruit. If it's edible, it's a fruit. It's so, got a fruit. So, you know, most seeds, and but some of the trees that flower, the flowers are, are very high in... I mean, a lot of flowers are high in vitamin C and vitamin K. And uh, like the basswoods, they're, I mean, if you have a basswood grove and you have beekeepers, they'll throw their hives in a basswood when they're flowering because it's such a sweet, sweet flower. And honey locusts, too, or, not, or black locusts. Yeah. Honey locusts have a pink flower, and they're spiny. And the black locusts, 
have white flowers. And if you go, you know, I I, I was driving around with a, a school buddy of mine uh, like 15 years ago, and we were over toward Wyndham, and we're driving along and just sightseeing and shooting the crap and whatever. And across, I was right in Ashland, and across this bridge there was a the there was this locust grove and it was flowering underneath were all the flocks and i said you know where are you going i said oh i don't care if it's posted we're going there <laughs> i have to go sit in the middle of this thing and we went into the middle of it and i it was along a river so i think i don't know nobody chased us off but we just sat there and had lunch spent about an hour hour and a half there and the fragrance between the the black locust flowers and the and the the flocks, it was just so incredible, and it's, it's it was a memory that, if I get Alzheimer's, I probably won't forget that. It was that uh, monumental in my life, but I love beautiful things, and I mean these trees that flower and, and get all these uh, uh, different, they go through changes, and in the spring, I mean it happens quite rapidly because every window is about two weeks it's the same thing with harvest or two weeks to four weeks i mean the, the berries i mean they get flowers and you know when you the berries are in season you get three four weeks possibly to pick them so you know if when you first go out to pick berries if you're gonna oh, wait till next week that's a bad idea when they first come that's when they're in season and the leeks is the same thing. They're, they're the window for every single thing. And, you know, my growing season starts the 1st of March. And that's when I start planting and harvesting and preparing. You know, from March to November, I prepare for the winter. <clears throat> and it takes a lot of time. You know what the first crop is, Gary? Cold ma- foot flowers. Maple sap. <laughs> <laughs> Cold foot flowers. It's not, not a plant or anything, but... Uh... Yeah, cold foot flowers. Yeah, probably, huh? Yeah, they're the they're, right? they're major. Well, I mean, yeah, I I dry them. I just harvested two weekends ago because they're they just finished up. They come. They're the first flower in the spring, along with the crocuses and the the angel, hmm. uh, uh, the white ones. What the hell? Angel drops or whatever they're called. Snow but, drops. Snowdrop. Yep. That's it. Yep. Snowdrops. Snowdrops. What's that? They're a little tiny flower. It comes up right through the snow yeah with the cold foot okay no so, but the cold foot you know was i did some investigating like six seven years ago on those and they come up and you know i i harvest i got about two quarts of them a year and you know i harvest them and dry them put them in and from march first to you know the middle of june depends on the, the how the season goes with the pollen and that but I have four flowers in my tea every morning, and what it does is it cleans your lungs and and you know your sinuses, and it's an amazing little flower. Hmm. But uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling everybody to run out and start eating cold foot flowers. Or, I mean, when they're fresh, you can put them in a salad and that. But you know, I don't do that. I just you know, they 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 have a two to three week window, and then they're done. I mean, you can go out there and find a couple, but, you know, when you're harvesting a couple quarts of them, they're not that big. And, uh, but, you know, the ash flowers, they're good to eat. Basswood flowers, they're good to eat. 
I like black locusts when I can reach yeah. them. Those are very, those, very are big, those are the best those after me. They are so sartated. sweet. And they're, I mean, they, they taste like they smell. Yeah. You know, some things smell good, and you put them in your mouth, and you go, oh, my God, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like with a, and it's, you know, I, I also, uh, I dry marigold flowers, and I have them in tea. And the, the marigold flower tastes just like the flower smells, but not as potent as the smell of the flower. But, you you know, after you swallow it, you have that back taste. And, and they're full of vitamin C and K, too. But, you know, uh, uh, after a while, because when COVID hit, basically, you know, people, ah, I have COVID, this and that, and well, how'd you? And I said, all it did for me is it made me more conscious of I have to, I, I got better equipped. <laughs> And it made me more conscious of, you know, what might be ahead. And I, I just, well, you know, prepared myself a little bit better. Yeah, that, and that, that makes sense. It just, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's something that we have to do. And, you know, we're, we got spoiled. And we still are spoiled. But that's not a bad thing. That really isn't a bad thing. But you have to have respect. You can't ever get so spoiled that you stop respecting nature and all it provides for us because uh, push comes to shove and the, the, the markets aren't able to, I mean fuels up foods up blah blah everything is going nuts and and people are panicking well don't panic learn more who's panicking oh, I see lots of people panicking. where no I think they just smell pissed. the flowers <laughs> yeah, stop and smell the flowers. <laughs> well, I was a funeral last weekend, and there were the bouquet of flowers out in the thing, and you know, hundred, you know, fifty, seventy-five people walked by. When I walked by, I leaned over and I, I smelled the flowers, and 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 you know, there was about ten people that commented, "That's Gary Mead. He stops to smell the flowers." He does. <laughs> it's just a draw, but nature is is so powerful and so potent and and what it provides for us is just amazing i think uh, uh and and just stop and and do a little more investigating well There's i feel like when when you um myself included when when you're into the seasons and watching things come and go flower and fruit and right. sometimes they don't it kind of makes you humble like things are fleeting yeah. you know it, yeah it's here today and it's gone tomorrow and you can't count on it being as good as the next year, and sometimes it's better, and sometimes it's not. And right. I feel like sometimes it don't yeah. come at all. Yeah. And you know, right. with, and ten, twelve years ago, when I started really getting aggressive with canning and all that, I keep two years ahead because I plan for the year that might not be there. And no. it's always better to have a little more than you need than not quite enough. And uh, and then it's on the flip side of that it's also horrible to go out and just you know go dig leaks with a backhoe that's just you know. dig leaks with a backhoe <laughs> seems like overkill <laughs> it does but you know uh but the leaks this year uh, i haven't seen this many leaks and i don't know if i've ever seen this many leaks it, it's just all that sap <laughs> snow that people were going rah, rah, blah blah it's snowing whatever and i'm like I feel like people just complain about the I just weather no matter love, what. I was, you ever I was, noticed that? Yep. I wrote God. a poem that I'm going to read tonight, uh, Snowy Day Lady. And I wrote it about the sap snow because it's uh, it's a very important asset 
to our, uh, our environment here. And that's why we have the leaks that we do. The facentias, I don't know what happened to them. They got, I mean, we didn't get any facentias that even flowered up in, the, in huh. this. On the oh, other well. side of the hill, they flowered. Yeah. But I always look for, forward to the facentia season. They're, they're flowering down the valley, the Hudson Valley. But not aggressively. Yeah, I Some years right. they're, but on, huh. I have a facentia bush at my house and at the mill. And on the bottom of the plant, they got some yellow flowers, and now they're leafing out, and the flowers season's over. I'm not quite understanding why that is, and I'm not going to waste a lot of time on it. I'll wait till next year and hope they did it, because they're not part of my food source. So yeah. They're part of my eye candy. But anyway, but we do have a lot of eye candy in the mountains here. And, you know, these fresh leaves that come on, I mean, two weeks ago, the mountains were still kind of bare, and... And the beautiful thing about, you know, having these sap snows, we had six this year. We usually don't get that many. I mean, four. Some... Hey, why don't you describe what sap snow is for someone who wasn't listening a few weeks ago? Well, sap snow is a snow that comes in the spring, and it's wet, and it sticks to everything. And when the leaves aren't on, it's... If it comes when the leaves are on, that's why if it gets warm too early, it can be devastating to the environment. But when the leaves aren't on, what it does is it coats everything. So the grass, the trees, and it's, 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 it's made in such a way that it sticks to everything. And it coats all the, it hangs in the trees, it covers the earth. And right after a sap snow, it usually turns pretty cold. So we, uh, it, it blankets everything and keeps it, the buds from freezing. But on the other hand, it, nitrogen is is like when the in the spring the earth is burping. All the frost goes in, the cold, and the water runs down through, and it fills it full of air pockets. So in the spring, what happens is, and that's it traps kind of nitrogen from the roots in the ground. Well, when it thaws. <clears throat> That nitrogen comes up, and if there's no nothing there to hold it, it evaporates off into the air. And, you know, maybe some trees will catch it on the way up to the clouds or whatever. But what the sap snow does is it seals that in, and that's why they call it a poor man's fertilizer. Because that nitrogen now is, is gets locked under the snow. It's coming out of the earth because the ground is warm and thawed, and it feeds the plants. And uh, yeah. so that is why sap snow is is, uh, is is so important. And you know, every year it just baffles me that you know, and we get warm one warm day in March, and everybody you know puts their long johns away and gets their sunglasses out. <laughs> they get their lawn chairs out on the porch. And then this sap snow comes and devastates them. Well, this has been going on for a long, long time, and. You know, I'm never surprised by it, but the only thing I was surprised by this year was the the amount of sap snows that we got. But see, the longer in the spring that it stays cool, our apple blossoms. See, if we get a, a you know anything probably below 28, 25, 28 degrees now, we're going to lose our apples and pears and all that stuff. You know, as long as it. Uh, especially if it goes into the teens it's it's not impossible but it's at this point i hope it's not probable and, yeah i mean it's, it should be like i was reading a book on bees and 
It really should be in the 40s and 50s when they're flowering because the bee activity, this person had a good point. If it's right. below 40, they're not moving around. It's true. You don't see bees around. Right, yeah. So it's kind of got to be above 45, 50 degrees for bees yeah. to get active and for, yeah. and really cross-pollinate. But last two weeks, you know, our, our you know, the, the Margaville Mountain, all the pear trees and the apple trees, the ones by my house flowered. And, yeah. And, uh, but now they're at a, a, a point where... You know, the flowers are dropping off, and the little fruits are there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they are so tender and, and so, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They can be hurt very They're easy. Vulnerable. They're vulnerable, yep. And, uh, you know, I look forward uh, to the apple season. You know, I, I make my own apple cider vinegar. I make hard cider. I, I boil off 60 gallons if there's enough fruit on the trees and i harvest wild apples every year i do the same thing but yeah you know last year thank goodness i had uh, i think i had 137 gallons pressed the year before we had a terrible apple year and you know i brought the hubbles and we pressed i think 37 gallons and they said i was their biggest you know uh i was the biggest press they had all year but this past season, it was it was awesome. I had a you know I put up 25 gallons of apple cider vinegar and 20 gallons of hard cider and boiled off 65 gallons of juice. And you know, like I say, I keep two years ahead on everything because I always you you can't plan on that year. I mean, that's the problem with farming is it, it's all on the weather. And you know, the same thing with these uh, flowering trees. When the flowers are on, they're not so vulnerable as when they start losing their flowers and, and getting the seeds and the fruit. Well, and, they could be frosted when the flowers are out. Right. And yeah. it doesn't bother them. Really? But once the, uh, not as much as when the flowers fall off and, and the little fruit is there, it's much, the flowers seem to have, be able to take a colder weather than, than the, hmm. the little fruit. You disagree. Yeah, I do. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, with apples, I do. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, if, if the thing is, this, this guy, like, um, I think he was from Cornell Sealy there, and I agree with him. It's it's people blame the frost. Frost is obvious because when a, when an apple turns, when it gets frost, it turns brown and black, t- and it falls down. It's right. like okay, that's dead. Yeah, but. You know, when it's it's not it's just in the forties and fifties like we've had the other couple of mornings, the bee activity's not happening. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get frosted, they just didn't get pollinated. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe that. That makes sense because I've been out this time of year and you know, I have to pay attention to the bees because I'm spraying chemicals sometimes. Yeah. And by law I can't spray if there's a bee around. And they're just not around mm-hmm. when it's when it's that cool. Well, last night I know people were pulling their plants and thinking we, I mean, I think it got down to thirty-eight or thirty-six yeah. by me, and yeah, you know that's pretty pretty tight. And but that isn't going to hurt anything. It just it's going to slow the bees down. Yeah. <clears throat> but if, you're, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to from the forest every Wednesday, six to seven p.m. Tonight's topic is flowering trees with Gary Mead.
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., talk about a different forest-related topic. And tonight we're talking about flowering trees with Gary Mead. That was Chris Christopherson. And so what do you want to talk about now, Gary? Crab apples. Crab apples. Son Um, of a gun. Crab apples and uh, actually uh, thorn apples. They make a wonderful uh, flowering. And, you know, what about the shad blows? I love them. 
They're they're <laughs> awesome. They've come and gone already. They were quick this year. Yeah. They were here one week and gone the next. They usually last a couple weeks, but talking about service barrier, right? Shadblows? Shadblow, yep. Same thing. Shadblow, Shadbush, Serviceberry, Juneberry. Yeah, I yeah. I've I've always known them as Shadblow and uh, you know, it's you know, same thing with the ironwood. I've known it as ironwood. It's hop horn bean. No, nah, they're just common names. There's, there's nothing's wrong or right. No, I know, and that's it. Man. But you know, when you're 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 you know raised in the mountains like I was, <clears throat> you never went to school for, and you don't know all that stuff, and you you you're never an arborist or, or you know, it's like the beaches. Like they're, I've known them all my life as beech nut and. You can wrestle me, and I'm still going to call them beech nut. I'm, uh, no way I'm just going to call them beech. Cause I like the common names in trees. Some of them have quite a few of them. And yeah. I, don't know, I think it's a sign that that species meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Over yeah. a long period of time. Yeah, and all those is, names stuck. Yeah, and it's awesome. And like Ryan said, there's no right or wrong. But, you know, when I first come on the show and, you, you know, talking shad blow and somebody saying hop hornbeam like I'm – Going <laughs> cross-eyed and bow-legged, trying to figure out what tell the hot hornbeam is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a shad blow. So, and uh, you know, as far as the Latin names go, too. I mean, you guys went to college for this stuff, and you know, I could give a crap about what Latin <laughs> name is for a, a maple tree. It doesn't make any difference in my world. And yeah. if you told me, I wouldn't remember it anyway. Just a name. But you just had it on name. a test, yeah. And well, it, the the Latin was just created just to so people knew what they were talking about from different regions. Right. Yeah. Because once you leave the Catskills, no one knows what you're talking about. So if you say Shablow, someone from up north may have no idea what you're saying. Right. So if you say Emelankier, now both people can look it up, web search it, and know exactly what you're talking <laughs> not, about. Not just people. <laughs> right, but if you know how to spell it, you know what I mean? You know right. you know, right away that it has to be that, that yep. tree, you know. But, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of history in these mountains, too, and, and there's so many different, you know, variations of, you know, people in Roxbury and, and people in Stanford, you know, they were raised on different farms and different you know variations of stuff and whatever their pops or their grandpops called stuff it just sticks and you know that's how i, I was uh, uh you know raised and you know i'm very fortunate to have been raised here and and being able to you know not be afraid of the forest or you know i was going to work the other night back to work at 9 30 i'm working on this cherry walnut queen size bed frame and <clears throat> I get addicted to these things. I can't out. I can't sleep. So I go back to work. I'm traveling down Southside, and uh, a black bear runs up. I mean, he was in the road and he ran up a an oak tree, and he was probably I don't know two two fifty. He was good size, but you know I got out with my flashlight and I want to take a picture of him, and and uh, he's hissing at me and kind of you know really pissed off. I think. But, you know, the more I thought about it, I said the only reason he was really angry was because he trapped himself in a tree. And he he probably went up there and go, well, how dumb was that? <laughs> you know? yeah. So this big intelligent animal is, is sitting up in a tree and he's trapped there by a human <laughs> being at the bottom. And I just, I spent about 10 minutes and he's hissing and, and, and you know, getting weird. And I said, you know, I just talked soft to him. I said, you know, you really need to calm down. I just want one good photo. And then I'll leave you alone. So 
So, uh, you know, the last picture I got, I put it on Facebook, and it was beautiful. He sat in that crotch. He looked at me head on, no growling, no snarling, no hissing. And uh, I took his picture, and I left. And then you had to put him on Facebook, didn't you? I did. You know, He's not going to like that. Did you ask his permission there, Gary? I did not, but He's... he hasn't come down and, and uh, you know, wrecked <laughs> well, my gallery. <laughs> one more common. The only common name, I think, now that we're going, one more thing on that, that I dislike is Poplar. There's too many trees that get confused for Poplar. Poplar. It's just it's. My it's, dad called them poplar. Yeah, but there's three different trees you can call willow poplar or right. poplar. You can call aspen poplar or poplar. You can call even basswood. Some people might even call it poplar well, or poplar. Tulip poplar. Yeah, tulip. It's a completely poplar. different it's like, species. I know. So, so you pick another name. Yeah. Yellow wood. So when I bring tree. people, when people go through the gallery, I have the tulip. I don't call it tulip poplar anymore because as soon as you say poplar, they. They think of the wrong tree. So yeah. I just call it tulip, tulip wood because I'm siding my house with, with tulip bark. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful bark. It lasts 60 to 80 years outdoors untreated. I put a preservative on it, it'll outlast vinyl. It's Speaking an, of yellow poplar, yellow which is poplar. in the Magnoliaceae family, a little more Latin. I know you hate well, it, Gary. Magnolia, yeah. Yeah, tulip, tul, what is it? Tulipifera liriodendron. There's the Latin. Tulipera. Take that, Zane. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, I, yeah, my my uh, youngest daughter's named after that tree, Magnolia, yeah. because in the Magnoliaceae family, and that has the best flower in my mind. Yeah, I, I was like. just going to say they're so beautiful and yeah. they're so fragrant. But no one notices it because it's like seventy to hundred feet yeah, tall. They're so high up. What you do notice is when you're walking through the forest and you see the, the when the petals finally drop off and you see this white petal with streaks of purple and orange. Yeah. Yeah. And you just wonder where did that come from? That's pretty cool. There's one place you can see them. Um, is West Shokin, 28A, mm-hmm. when you cross the Traver Hollow Bridge. And you're kind of elevated. And now you're looking over some... So you're some, up in the canopy, basically. Yep, you look over out. some yellow poplar, tulip poplar trees, and that is when you'll see the flowers. Yeah. Pretty neat. And they're... They're awesome. They're amazing. But they grow fast and they grow tall. And Yeah. You know, How do the bees get those so high? They fly up there, Zane. Yeah. What the hell is going on? They're going to be winded by the time they get up there. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I don't... We're talking about pollinators, uh, you know, talking about bees, but there's a lot of different pollinators out yeah. there. Well, anything that travels from one plant to another is a pollinator. You want to see? You want to know what the ugliest flowers are? The pawpaw ug- flowers. They're ugly. ugly. They are weird looking, man. They're like upside down, droopy, uh, maroon colored things, dark maroon. Yeah, papa. I got a few of them planted at my house. And they bear a fruit. Oh, the pawpaws, the fruit that oh, yeah. they call it, like northern banana or whatever you want to call it. But um, you were they are custard, pollinated custard by ants, I think, and, mm-hmm. and beetles or something. But yeah. they're not pollinated by bees, as far as I know. Yeah, birds. But I as remember well. the, the flies. Bee, yeah, flies might be flies, flies are too. Very common. Might be flies. The, the bee it. woman you had on here uh, six, seven months ago was it? Oh, it was longer than that. Maybe, but anyway, <laughs> time is no. That's right. It doesn't no matter. It was a long time ago. But I remember distinctively, she said, in our mountains here, we have over 200 varieties of bees. And I had no idea. You know. Yeah. I, I bumblebee. Well, the honeybee's honey got like a media rep. Everyone knows about, about the honeybee. But yeah, there's so many native bees. 
There are a lot of them. And I have the borer bees at my mill every last two springs for some reason. And uh, they're big bumblebee-looking thing. They're not borer bees. What are they? they? Are they borer bees? Are you asking me? I don't know that Carpenter much about bees? bees. Carpenter bees. Yeah. Because they're the big ones. And I they, knew those growing They just up. drill holes in your wood yeah. and lay eggs and then Pen- die. Yeah, I like, think that honeybee lady was Cass Urban. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not just it bees, podcasted. though, but uh, wasps. There's a lot of variety of wasps. Yeah. Um, very small. You'd think think they're flies, but yeah. uh, very common. But, you know, anything that travels from one plant to another and, you know, they get pollen on them. I travel from one plant to another. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, me too. You them there, Zane? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> hey, if you got a beard and you stick your head into a flower and it smells good and they see another flower, same species, you stick yeah. your head in that one, I guess you're a pollinator. You're a strange guy, man. <laughs> Just come out and say that on the air. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. You know what's a cool flower? And uh, one of our members in West Shokin again um, clued me in on this. American plum. Smells really plum, good. Plum, yeah. Really? We had yeah. when growing up on the farm, we had uh, honey, uh, honey. They were called honey plums, and then the purple plums. And you know the flowers. Um, I'm, I used to eat the flowers on both of them. The the, the honey plum was was a bigger uh, plum, and it was kind of greenish yellow. It actually turned almost transparent when it got ripe. And they're so delicious, and you know we pick them but the purple plums need a good frost in order to tenderize them and Mm. make them but i remember when they flowered you know the i'd go underneath the tree and the flowers i could reach i'd just pull the limb down and you know eat the flowers off them and you know that might be why i'm so messed up today (laughs) it's one one of many reasons but what tree was um, the old boy (laughs) <laughs> Yo, you know what you guys in the higher elevations up here are missing out on you're missing out on it zane what's what's one tree as you go below a thousand feet in elevation you start to find a lot of them a lot of them yeah no american dogwood oh yeah i got that on my stone wall and that is flowering right now that's white and yeah pink pinkish it's white just white and just huge flowers well that yeah that's an interesting flower it's not really it looks like a flower well it is a whole thing is not necessarily a flower i guess what people think of as those petals on a flower those are actually the the sepals Mm -hmm. which are like those kind of leafy uh parts of the the flower yeah but um technically i guess yeah well that stuck with me when i learned it i don't know i thought it was interesting zane's really whipped it out the stops tonight (laughs) yeah i love it sepals you're not going to yeah. change my mind. Yeah, what are the other parts of the flower? <laughs> you throw any stuff out, you mean what? <laughs> Wait till we start talking about receptacles. Holy that term? cow. Look at the brain on bread. <laughs> That's receptors. What? Receptors. Is that right? Yeah. Receptacles, receptors, yeah. All right. And, you know, when you say receptacles, I think about garbage cans. Well, but, yeah, you got, but on flowering dogwood, you got to look close to see the, the real flower there. Yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Because it's right in the middle. And yeah. And where those stamens are, and that's where they have that little bit of, like, veins of kind of off-white. I guess it wouldn't be pink. But yeah, sometimes they have a little notch at the end. Yeah. Just very interesting form. Just trying yeah. to attract an insect brain to say, here I am. Yeah. Come yep. get some. Oh, yeah, it's a landing pad. Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah, the, 
the, the pedals or a landing pad. Yeah. Yeah. Big advertising. Big blinking sign. Yeah. yeah. Get, pick me. Pick me. Once a black locust, you were on two to three years ago, and, and there was a big black locust year on 28 East going towards Kingston, like Chandaken area. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if last year was good. And I don't know about this year. When are they usually flowers? Coming up. They're coming up. If it isn't this week, it'll be the following week. Yeah. They get their flowers and they get their leaves. They're around mm-hmm. Mount Trempers when you see a lot of them. Well, actually, oh, yeah. Most, yeah. most trees get their flower before they get their leaves. Right. And there's very few flowering flowers. Uh, Colesfoot's one of the, the 10% of the flowers that most flowers get their leaves and then they get the flower come second. Colesfoot's one of the flower comes first and the leaves come second. But, you know, I was noticing the trees a lot this year, especially since, you know, last month I thought, you know, we're going to talk about flowering trees, so I paid closer attention to flowering trees. And and what happens with trees is they get their flower first and then the leaves, you know, they fall off and the leaves start. And uh, so it's a, you know, it's a full circle thing. And it's pretty incredible just to watch this year after year and you know i've been on the planet 68 years and i i know so little that it scares me and you know every year i'm still learning more and and figuring out you know what's edible out there and and what's harvestable and you know some things you can harvest on the wrong time of the year and and they're lethal and other times you know you got to have that window and it's a great amount of knowledge and that's basically probably why a lot more people don't do it because you know i study something for two years before i'll start eating on it and yeah maybe feed it to you know some of my you know not so good friends and see there you go, what Gary. happens i'm only messing with you. I, no. I would never do now, that things i don't know shoot i don't even know how a microwave works gary yet so if you're just tuning in listen to from the forest and tonight's topic is flowering trees with gary mead some people say i'm a no count others say i'm no good but I'm just a natural born traveling man Doing what I think I should Oh yeah, doing what I think I should And I don't give a damn about a green pack of dollar Spend it fast as I can Or a wailing song and a good guitar The only things that I understand Oh boy, the only things that I understand When I was a little baby My mama said Hey son Travel where you will And grow to be a man And sing what must be sung Oh boy Sing what must be sung And I don't give a damn About a greenback a dollar Spend it fast as I can For a wailing song And a good guitar the only things that I understand, oh boy, the only things that I understand. Now that I'm a grown man, I've traveled here and there. I've learned that a bottle of brandy and a song, the only ones who ever care, poor boy, the only ones who ever care. And I don't give a damn about a greenback a dollar Spend it fast as I can 
For a wailing song and a good guitar The only things that I understand Oh boy, the only things that I understand Some people say I'm a no-count Others say I'm no good But I'm just a natural-born traveling man Doing what I think I should Oh yeah, doing what I think I should And I don't give a damn about a greenback a dollar Spend it fast as I can Oh, a wailing song and a good guitar The only things that I understand Oh boy, the only things that I understand The only things that I understand Oh boy, the only things that I understand All right, Gary doesn't care about the greenback dollar. He cares about flowering trees, <laughs> right? I do. Yeah. Uh, and actually, it has to do with the nature. I'm I'm good. So you got something to read, Gary? Because we're running out of time here. This is from the forest every Wednesday, 6, 7 p.m. We're talking about flowering trees. Well, last month I read Snowy Day Lady, so I'm not going to read that again. But I have a – I had a friend that oh, – for one hour in my life, when I was like 15 years old, my sister's friend come over, and you know that's back when we had these little crushes on each other and blah blah. And so we went out to the barn, up in the hay mow, and you know we're up there maybe an hour. We're talking, and you know she said, "Oh, you, I have a crush on you," and I think I have a crush on you. It's a PG story, right? Yeah, that was, it's a family show. It's here. a family show. Right. This is I cool. To... <laughs> well, she was 13, I was 15. What the hell do you think's going to happen? But I don't anyway, know what you guys are doing. <laughs> so anyway, she uh, she said she'd been thinking about me, and and years I haven't contacted. But I spent one hour with this girl, and and uh, it was it was just it, I wrote this call. This piece called Fond Memories Circling. I wrote it 4 9 2022. And that's what it's Fond Memories Circling. Younger than today, teenager looking for love, strawberry blonde pretty girl, my sister's friend, dairy farm Holstein cows, to the barn we go, talking in the manger, pointing up to hay fort, ladder up to hay mow. Sound was silence. Leaned over, whispering, I have a crush on you. You have a crush on me. Feeling confident, I do. Sister calling out for Lisa, her friend. Play a game with me. That was fine anyway. Be at school the next day. Never went on a date. Went along the same. Through life remembering hour of one day going through brain many days since a reoccurring dream time moves standing still with that pretty girl memories as these do not erase taking center stage every once in a while warms something good feelings long ago circle around again no need to understand just the way it is fond memories circling and that's my poem for tonight but i think everybody has that and it just dawned on me you know when she reconnected with me that uh this one hour when i was 17 15 years old 
I, it keeps coming back, and, and it's a fond memory. There is nothing, you know, uh, uh, harsh about it. And, it, like, one hour can be so meaningful. And you go through years, and, and but that one hour just keeps reoccurring over and over. And I know it happens in all of our lives. And uh, so I put it on paper. I sent her a copy, and she adored it and whatever. But it's, uh, you yeah, know. Flowers are short-lived. So What's was that? I guess flowers are short-lived, and so is young love, I guess. Yeah. Well, flowers aren't short-lived <clears throat> because they happen every year. They have a time frame every year that they they have to grow in, but you know they they keep. It's like the sap snow; it keeps coming back. They're perennial. Well, what about like, love? Isn't love are. perennial? Trees, yeah. Gary. It's trees are renewed and trees are perennial. Yeah, born again every year. Yep. Um, I just wanted to mention a few uh, underrated flowers, and just wanted to give props out to horse chestnut. Horse chestnut. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one, man. Yeah. Big panicles or panicles, panicles Ooh, of the red flowers. Very nice. Yes, yeah, scarlet. It's a good thing we got please. Zane here. <laughs> yeah. Let me flip through my notes here. <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> he really don't have notes. He's just reaching out for whatever he can grab onto and hold. <laughs> That's right. But I kind of like the flowers on blueberry, to be honest with you. Oh, they're very delightful, too. But, you know, you don't want to pick them off. And I mean, they're edible. But once you yeah, pick it, them. it's like they're eating good. a blueberry before it forms. So, you know, yeah, no, every time you eat a blueberry flower, you're killing a blueberry. Do you ever have zucchini flowers, Gary? Yes. Those oh, are great. Every year. Fried the, up. The male flowers. Yeah. You don't want to pick the females. Is that right? Because they're bearing the fruit. Oh yeah. well, um, this is this, see. Some people want to not have them because they have too many zucchinis. How many people are giving away zucchinis every damn summer? I it's annoying f- after a while. Am I right? No. Well, oh, you're it's, leaving. It's, take it a is zucchini. annoying. How much zucchini does, does a person need? <laughs> well, last year was not a good zucchini year. But what I just what I figured out what to do with zucchinis is I put them in my tomato sauce. Yeah. Because they take the acid bite of the sauce out. It's the only way I found that I can I can can them with my tomato sauce, and they're just as fresh as the day you put them in the jar. Yeah. So, but I've tried baking them in the oven, putting salt on them, and you put them in a tray in the freezer on wax paper, and you freeze them individually. You take them out, you put them in a gallon-sized bag, and you pull them out in the middle of the winter, and you you heat them up, and they turn to like this god awful. I don't like zucchini, but when my grandmother, Constance Trapani, made zucchini flowers fried, oh. that was much better. Oh, yeah. I'll take those over zucchini any day. But the flowers are super sweet. Oh, yeah. It's a, the male flowers are the ones that come up on the long stem, and they flower at the end. And what happens then is the bee comes or the ant or whatever crawls and pollinates the female. The females stay close to the plant, and they're the ones that form the... I but see. they're both edible. All right. But, you know, uh, you know, when I, I was growing up, I got, you know, I go out and get some zucchini flowers. I come in with them and I get scolded because I, oh, you just ruined the zucchini, uh, blah, blah. But I'm, I don't know how mom could tell male from a female. They're both yellow and they look the same. But but the, the thing about the male flower is when that big long stem comes up, on the bottom of it, it's like a starlight green uh bulb around the bottom of it hmm. and that's how you can now i learned that so 
you know, I would pick them off before I went to the house to right. make sure I didn't get scolded next time. Because yeah. when mom saw them on there, oh, yeah, pick, uh, you know, uh, they're the males and you pick the females. But, no kidding. Uh, you know, when you have, you know, seven kids and, you know, nine people feeding off of You need zucchini, I plus, guess. You yeah. need zucchini. Yeah, you got to have that terrible plant. Um, <laughs> so, Zane, what's your favorite? we got one minute left. Zane, what's your favorite flower we haven't, we, we haven't heard yet? Well, yeah, well, one that I always think of is uh, red. Redbud, yeah, I love redbuds. That's a cool. That's a cool one. Recommendable a lot. It's a great tree. Plant near the home. Yeah, it's one of the. Is that a, a cultured tree? Uh, yeah, ornamental. A hybrid ornamental. It's a southern species, but uh, you see them more and more now, and uh, they do pretty well up here. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, they do do well. They. Uh, well, nice... hackberries get nice flowers, but they're all down south. Hackberry. Hackberry. Yeah, yeah you got those in the Rondau Valley. Quite, you do quite a bit. Oh yeah. No kidding. I, I didn't kid know. you not. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, years ago, I got a load of lumber in that was on the packs, hackberry, and I called the guy that sent it to me, and he said, well, it's a southern ash. Guy's Ooh. property I was just at in Accord, tons of hackberry. Whole hillside. The whole hillside? Heck yes. Hackberry. I'm not lying. I wouldn't. I would never think you would lie anyway, unless you had a corky tree, right? This is a corky bark. Kind of. It's a weird bark. I can't describe it. It has, like, big thorns. Like It's like it reminded me of a huge blackberry briar. Yeah, it produces a fruit that's edible. But we are, guys, we're out of time. All right, From the Forest is over. No, we can't be out of time. If you missed the show, it's Flowering Trees with Gary Mead, and that's all the time we have. See you next week. Peace, everybody. All right. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low. And the old man came home from the forest. His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway and the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled in from the forest Up a dark and dingy staircase the old man made his way His ragged coat around him as upon his cart he lay